Hey everyone, this is Juanito. You're listening to the Tin Can Synth Jam podcast. Um, Every once in a great while, I plug in my synthesizer and play it for about an hour. Play it for about an hour. And what you get, what I get is what you hear. I just finished and it's pretty long and it is a lot of noise and droniness. Um, I'm having a hard time really using my trigger sequencer. It's a Robots SWT-16, which is a great design, but it's just too much menu diving for me. I, I'm a little more improvisational and need my trigger sequencer to be better for that. I have a project that I'm working on really hard called the uh, Easy 8 is going to be a trigger sequencer that has eight channels and should be much easier to use. Let's listen. Hi. This is Juanito. You're listening to Tin Can Synth Jam. Right now we're listening to my Wave Trigger Module, which is a product produced by the good people at SparkFun. And I made it into a module using an Arduino to Get, send the spark fun slash I mean Robert Sonics wave trigger serial commands within Arduino and it works very very well right now I have it I have it ducked with uh, a bunch of patching modular stuff all right this is tin cans in the jam where I play my synthesizer and it's a tin can. It's all in tin cans. Um, it's really complicated and weird, and I haven't played it very much recently because I'm obsessed with the new project I'm building, which is a the new project I'm building is a trigger sequencer, eight channels super easy to use. The only trigger sequencer I have connected to my synthesizer right now is a Robosonics Sweet 16, which um, is a great piece of equipment, but it's just hard to use. It uses way too many hot, like a menu diving type stuff. In order to put in a track, you need to push the menu button, click, and then push the second button for trigger mode. And then you have a kick drum that you can, or whatever drum you have set for that. should do in building my synthesizer uh, modules. Ooh, you get to hear the weird problem that the wave trigger has. <coughs> okay, well, thanks for tuning in. I'm going to try to play something and make it good. Turn down my microphone so you stop hearing all the pops. I should make a little shield for my microphone. Okay.
we heard a bunch of modules that I don't often use. Testing, testing, testing. Oh, I think it's this one. Yeah, no. Okay, maybe I just got to turn it up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's, uh, let me try to go over some of what um, I played in that set. Um, there was first a patch that I had set up as a noise patch, which was all seven of my oscillators. Well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, well, one, two, eight. Eight of my analog voltage-controlled oscillators all daisy-chained spiderweb together with patch cables. Uh, it created a very chaotic, um, crazy, crazy noise. So slowly I dismantled that until we got that drone. That drone, which is right here. Here it is, here it is, here it is. Yep. That is my triple VCO. It's based on... based on a Rene Schmitz 4069 VCO. Um, there's three VCOs in there. Each of them is tuned to, well, each of them is set up with a voltage uh, per octave, octave per volt, uh, volt um, exponential converter. So they kind of stay in tune. stay perfectly in tune because it's analog. So if you have them playing one note, and change the um, global voltage. really fun because a lot of those old uh, analog um, synthesizers have really badly tuned or badly tuned uh, oscillators anyway so hey who cares this module has a built-in VCF voltage control filter which has a switch to switch between high pass and low pass. <laughs> Pardon me, but it doesn't work. For, but um, the switch is using a CD4066 um, quad switch, which is not really set up perfectly to pass audio signals because it's a it only goes can do 18 volts between you know its rails. Um, anyway, 
so I had to tweak that and fiddle with it a lot to get it to pass audio. But it kind of works. But you hear that bleed through right there, that crackly. It also has a LED saturation, making the sound a little more interesting. Here it is, sort of vanilla. But if I bring in the um, saturation, okay, yeah. So that's my uh, one of the ones we heard. see what did we hear next oh we heard throughout the whole hour my um wave trigger which is really which really is one of my favorite new modules it is just a treat to play with i guess i'll i guess i'll play it a little bit just to make this a podcast and not just music distribution um my previous uh podcast people kicked me because this is not a music distribution service. Here's the wave trigger. I'm just triggering it with a 16th note. Oops. Oh yeah. Nope. Okay, here we go. This is a uh, stereo part because the wave trigger plays stereo wave files. So um, usually I have it just kind of plugged in raw to a stereo channel in my mixer which is also a ducking stereo mixer. So at the very, very beginning, when I was talking, it was ducking out what was being played with the wave trigger. And that's because I had it plugged into that ducking mixer and I had my uh, voice sent to the envelope follower on the ducking sort of mixer channel. But here we go. I can do polyphonic solo. I guess that's only eighth notes. Let's switch it to sixteenths. Uh, I love it, love it, love it. Then we, I brought in my, oh, and by the way, I was playing my mono out from the wave trigger through my diode ladder filter and messing with the cutoff of that while I was letting the stereo play. So it was, it was kind of fun. I've never done that kind of stuff before. So here is my Atari punk console. Thank you. 
the Atari Punk console is uh, actually was designed by a fellow named Forrest. It was designed by a fellow named Forrest Mims the third, I think. Anyway, he's a young Earth creationist, which is so disappointing. But who cares? He still came up with some good little beginner's uh, sound circuits. This is two 556, or the Atari Punk console is two 556 oscillators. Um, 555, my bad. Originally, I guess he designed it with a 556, which is a dual timer. But the one timer just runs, like on, off, on, off, on, off and it has a different speed. You can speed it up, and the second timer runs while the first timer is high. I believe that's how it goes. No, no, it doesn't. The first timer triggers the second timer to go, and the second timer just is high for a certain amount of time, and then it turns off, but then the first timer triggers it again. And that's basically it. Now, that's a fun circuit. Most people build it when they're beginning out with do-it-yourself electronics and uh, sound type of stuff. But if you take that second timer and build two of them, you get a really, really interesting circuit that plays mathematically related notes. dead spot in this potentiometer. Fun. Anyway, I used my Atari Punk console straight into my delay, my favorite, um, my favorite reverb module, so there was no filtering going on, which is very unusual. Usually I will filter it because this, you know, I'll plug it straight in. sounds more it's more more controllable musically when you have it running through some filters I have it running through two right now thing I was going to talk about that I made, that I used. <laughs> it's sitting there humming away. Whistling, I should say. 
course you can use these as voltage-controlled oscillators. The cutoff controls how much, or the resonance controls how it oscillates. Either not at all like this, or... Sometimes, yeah, anyway, so... Everybody should build my diode ladder. Oops, I unplugged my microphone. Um, oh, I also used my braids for a while in my favorite braids mode, which is called Wavetable X4. Um, if I can make it work here. When you're using a digital oscillator, like the way, uh, mutable instruments braids, you can plug it into any voltage source and quantize it, and it'll play in that scale. I lost it. There it is. Um, this potentiometer that I'm moving right now seems to be scratchy, which is weird. I didn't know a scratchy potentiometer would do anything connected to a digital circuit. Maybe I should spend more than five dollars, five cents per, five cents per potentiometer. Anyway, this is the braids. plugged into a psycho LFO, which is a sort of a random LFO, but it's playing quantized, it's playing into that uh, scale. Anyway, we listened to that for a while. And we listened to my noise um, module for a while. That makes this noise. Oops. Where did it go? This is it probably. We listened to the white noise. We listened to it of the shimmer. We listened, no, we didn't listen to any of this. But that's my frenetic robot noise. Love that little sound. 
Oh, and then finally, I'm going to show you my bloop module, which if you've listened to this podcast ever before in the last like year or uh, a couple months. Anyway, I play this a lot. It goes, sounds like this. Well, right now I'm using my SWT16 16 channel uh, trigger sequencer, which I find extremely difficult to use. That's why I'm developing the 8 channel. It's called the Easy 8. Definitely, definitely, it's going to be good. This has dwell and pitch. Long dwell, high pitch. Short dwell, low pitch. These are 4043 PLL chips, which have basically a bunch of circuitry inside them to track one oscillation and make another oscillation have be locked in to that, not another frequency. I've never used it like that. Um, I just use it for the VCO, which has two voltage CV basically inputs, which is great because you can you can use the one CV for the pitch knob on the front of the module and then plug the other one into whatever you want. Frequency modulation. Anyway, that was the podcast. Thank you for listening. I gave it, it was probably the hardest to listen to um, that I've ever done because it was so noisy and no beats, really. See you next time, everybody.